2: This is Jen from Long Beach, and I never listen to I Doubt It with more. I mean, he's just so fucking noisy. The noisiest I've heard from the standpoint of sound.
0: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the big episode number 450 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined tonight by the lovely, the talented, the punctual. Brittany Page. Uh,
3: I am punctual. Yeah. And I think it's important that you also be punctual. But we just recently learned that you got impaneled for the grand jury.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. That did happen. So. Uh, It is official. I said that I had heard that I was likely going to be called. I had no fucking idea it'd be this soon. Mm -hmm. But I have officially been impaneled on the grand jury which will be tomorrow for you good folks. Uh Wednesday will be my very first day.
3: Isn't it um it's not a guarantee that you have to go in every Wednesday. You no, have to
0: call on uh, tonight. Tuesday yeah, night.
3: And figure tomorrow out night. and figure out whether or not you even have to go in. Yeah. So it's not it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have to be there every Wednesday. But
0: I am and I am um a, a juror. On the grand jury. <laughs> Officially, I am uh, uh, on the grand jury. It's so
3: exciting for a year.
0: Yeah, for a year. Mm-hmm. God damn. Maybe we'll have to do some quick weekend road trips.
3: Good times.
0: Around the Wednesday. Mm. <laughs> the other thing that's going on, I just want to let everybody know that, uh, also, that, you know, scheduling, well, have to see how things pan out. Um, it might or it might not interfere with the recording schedule. We're we're always going to make sure that you get two or the three episodes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it might throw a, a wrench into an already wrenchy kind of a situation. Yeah, you know what I mean.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The other thing, and we're a little late on this. Speaking of punctual, Brittany Page. Oh. Um, I I I missed out on wishing you. Hmm. A happy holiday.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah!
0: <laughs> September twenty-first, Earth, Wind and Fire, their famous song "September." Do you remember when it first died? September,
3: love was changing the map. Yeah, a perfect song perfect song.
0: I had no idea...
3: How celebrated the song was?
0: Yeah, that it's, it is it is kind of like a weird holiday thing where it's kind of like May 4th, may the 4th be with you, all the Star mm-hmm. Wars nerds. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know there were Earth, Wind, and Fire nerds as well, and yeah. this is a deal. Yeah, yeah.
3: it is. <laughs> it's just gonna play in the background there. It seems yeah. very loud. It is not. Okay. Um, yeah, I... Uh, My favorite thing about the month of September is that everyone sends me Earth, Wind & Fire related videos and gifts. and on September 21st, I got some of those too, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, it is kind of like a holiday, um, Earth, Wind & Fire tweets about it, posts about it, and if you go watch this video on YouTube from their channel everyone in the comments is there saying, hey guys, see you next year. You know. <laughs> like um, they're a,
0: like a, a community.
3: Yeah, they're just listening to it once a year, I guess. It, would
0: it be, let me ask you this. Um, I know that President Barack Obama follows you on Twitter, mm-hmm. that's kind of a proud thing for you. Mm-hmm. What if they were to <laughs> to communicate with you on Twitter or follow you on Twitter?
3: Yeah, I've tried to get their attention many times, and <laughs> they don't give a fuck about me. So, believe me, I've tried. Um, no go, huh? No go, no go. But every, every year... I share one of my favorite articles, which is from NPR about why people love this song. And I have heard people that hate this song. If that's if that's you, you're something's wrong. Okay. Um,
0: <laughs> All of their music is great, for sure. My
3: clinical opinion would be that something <laughs> is wrong. Um,
0: is this a diagnosable thing within the DSM?
3: No, but that's just maybe, my personal maybe the opinion. Maybe DSM six. Yeah, I'll see what I can get on there. <laughs> But Maurice White, who um, has passed away um, a couple years ago, he was the lead singer and um, there was this anecdote in the NPR article where he came to whoever it was that was in charge of putting the song out or putting the album together and was singing it to them and did that thing where you're hearing right now body ya right Yeah just body ya is what he's saying there. And they were kind of irritated and thought, "Yeah, that's not a word. Like that doesn't mean anything. What you're, does that even mean? Yeah, you're gonna replace that with real words, right? And in the article, it says that um, once he once she realized or he realized that Maurice wasn't going to change the lyric, um, they learned their best songwriting lesson from him, which was to never let the lyric get in the way of the groove. <laughs> Because he they tried to ask, what the fuck does Baya mean?" right and, and he essentially said, "Who the fuck cares?" Yeah <laughs> it's, you, it's listen, good. It's good.
0: That's good life advice. Mm-hmm. Never let the lyric get in the way of the groove.
3: Exactly. <laughs> and that's why you shouldn't hate the song and you should have the correct opinion of loving the song. Yes, yes. Yes. Because it's a good groove. I'm glad
0: see. you're so f- comfortable dropping the F bomb right now. Well, um,
3: it, w- it was required because of what what how the story went. Well,
0: it's also, you know, what happened last episode.
3: Is he is he fucking <laughs> listening to himself right now?
0: <laughs> we got a new drop on the show, is okay, what I'm saying.
3: Okay, I got a little angry. Um Tucker
0: Carlson just he he, he uh he grinds your gears.
3: Mhm. Yeah, I got a little upset. Sorry about that. <laughs> Everybody, is he is he fucking listening to himself right yes. now? Normally, normally I don't get that fired up. Yeah, but
0: the other thing that happened last episode, we talked about a story with the young lady and Professor. What's his nuts?
3: The viral tweet, the series of unfortunate <laughs> yeah. events, a series
0: of unfortunate events, and we, you know, we we we. I was curious if we had members of the audience who had something similar to that happen, mm-hmm. and we as I suspected, certainly did.
4: Hi, Brittany. Hi, Jesse. This is Laura from Buffalo, and I just wanted to share a pretty funny story with you about sending the wrong message to the wrong person. Um, This also has to do with a professor, so it's kind of a twofer. Um... (laughs) So, as you guys both know, I'm a licensed vet tech, and part of my vet tech program when I was still in school was uh, animal care, where we had to take care of uh, the dogs and the cats that we had at school every single day, so... Because we had to do that, a lot of our professors, because uh, I went to a small private college, we had their phone numbers and we would talk to them and text message them uh, because we were, you know, taking care of the animals. So this one professor of mine, uh, she is a female. I will not tell you her name though, just in case, um, even though I don't think that she would really mind. Uh, she was in my inbox a lot because uh, she is. She was the person who uh, had Uh, took care of the the dogs um, and the cats so anyway I had just started seeing this new guy and we were uh, sending pictures back and forth and I sent a rather risque (laughs) photo of myself to my teacher and it was probably one of the most embarrassing things that's ever happened to me Um, thankfully Uh, this teacher, like I said, is female, and she, uh, is also around my age and really cool, and we've actually become really good friends now that I'm not in school anymore. Um, but it was a pretty good inside joke between the two of us the rest of the time I was in school. Um, we would laugh about it quite often. I don't really embarrass very easily, um, but anyway, it's just a lesson for all you kids. Uh, be careful when you're sexting. It's, uh... (laughs) Especially if you are text messaging your professors at school. Uh, all right, well, I love you guys. And of course, Brittany is the best part. Bye.
3: Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Well, thank you for sharing that. Wow, (laughs) that story. I kind of wish we had just a little bit more detail of what exactly the response was. Like what? uh, Oh, I wanted to know. We are not on the same page. (laughs) I wanted to know like
0: just how because risque leaves a lot of room for what's going on. Uh huh. Is that like a sultry? You know, like maybe. Like just like a naked shoulder?
3: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> like an... Uh, I don't know, but it could be
3: all kinds of shit Jesse could be. wants to know the specific pose, you guys. <laughs> were you po- looking over your shoulder? Not, no, not
0: pose. Were you Were no. you doing a pouty
3: lip? <laughs> right. What was the pose, you guys? Oh,
0: my God. Okay.
3: Um, no, I want to know exactly what the professor... How dare you, sir? <laughs> I want to know exactly what the professor said in response. Because if I got a photo... From somebody. And I mean, I would obviously try to think through it and go, okay, this was probably an accident. They didn't mean to send this to me. So now how am I going to respond to this? You know? Yeah. Um, And I just, I think that's kind of interesting. Was she like, oh, it's okay. I know what's going on here. Don't worry. Your secret's safe with me. Wink emoticon. Also,
0: (laughs) I don't want to come across as stodgy McStodge guy. But how long had you been dating this guy in your sending the fuck you got to be careful man
3: well also that that was something that i wanted to address because i think the advice could go a little bit further it's not just be careful when you're sexting <laughs> it's um Like, maybe don't be sending pictures of yourself. If we're going to give some advice to the youngins, you know.
0: Get off my lawn. (laughs) Maybe
3: don't send pictures of yourselves that you don't want on the internet. Say to them, listen, you want a picture? Well, you're going to have to come see it live. So here's my address. You know what I mean? Kind of
0: the the Bill uh, (laughs) O'Reilly take on it.
3: do it live. Exactly. Do it live. Yes. (laughs) Yes. If they want a picture of your body then they're gonna have to come and look at it live that's what that's what they're gonna have to do
0: or look at it live and then come
3: what whichever way it happens (laughs) sure (laughs) just a little risky with the pictures but we are laura we are not shaming you no we are happy that this worked out i mean i'm assuming it worked out because there were there was no it terrible thing out that happened
0: because you're laughing about it
3: exactly, yeah, also yeah. it wasn't like a traumatic experience. I also
0: would kinda like to know <laughs> more just more I'm curious about the whole situation, but
3: was the photo black and white no, was it no. in color it is exactly <laughs>
0: like, what was 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 this professor was she at the top of your your send list, and you just you excitedly mm. you excitedly sent it. Rather than to, you know, the the dude. Yeah. She's at the top and you just fired it off or Like, like you. Like yeah, you with your like, top
3: person. That's exactly text right. Message yeah, list. I don't know.
0: Anyway, thank you for sharing with us and you know, by virtue of that, the rest of the world.
3: Yes, we appreciate it. Your
0: terrible embarrassing moment.
3: <laughs> we have we all have them.
0: Good times. Yes. So let's bring <laughs> it down a notch here we've been talking about we are in the unenviable position in the united states right now of having a credibly accused now multiple accusations against Brett Kavanaugh aka Bart O'Kavanaugh and uh things aren't great and we have some calls or a call uh, about it i don't know why i'm spacing I out i was like what Maybe I should just do my fucking job here, huh? <laughs> that would be great. I'm so fixated on why that happened to Laura.
3: I know. What was the picture like?
5: <laughs> hey, Brit. Hey, Jesse. Uh, this is Eric from the Midwest. I hope this is coming in. My phone sounds Coming weird. in good. Um, uh, re- real quick, um, this is about the Brett Kavanaugh a situation that's going on and something I noticed he said about what happens at Georgetown Prep, stays at Georgetown Prep. Are they uh, worried that if they do do an FBI investigation that it might lead to more scenarios of other individuals? Because I'm looking at the list of people who went there, and there is a lot of who's who that went there. You know, half the time, you know, like like I've heard the saying, you know, it's not so much the crime, but it's the cover up, as Nixon said. So is, is there something more that they're like, oh, let's not do an FBI investigation of Georgetown Prep? That wouldn't be a good idea. Or would it just be a Brett Kavanaugh? I mean, what, what would you say that there, there could be more to this school of privilege? Um, just your thoughts. Just hanging that out there. So, uh Have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. (laughs)
3: Um, So I think Eric is basically saying if they start talking to Christine Ford, for example, and then they talk to the second woman who has come forward and they start saying, okay, like who else has been a problem here? Who else was implicated in this situation? And then they kind of keep the branches going out. Are more men going to be implicated in assaults i think that is basically what eric was saying right at
0: specifically georgetown prep mm-hmm. that high school the mm-hmm. very very affluent uh, and influ- influential catholic high school in the washington dc area
3: and so i guess uh, the second woman wouldn't necessarily count in that case because she um that happened at yale when yeah, he was yeah, at yale yeah so. I, I mean
0: listen I, I don't think that the 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 There's even a a hint of starting some grand FBI investigation of this school because of something that happened in the 80s. But listen, it's a school full of white fucking rich kids. Bad shit's going to happen because white fucking rich kids feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want with no repercussions. Largely. That's kind of a theme we see across the United States.
3: And then they become president.
0: Yes, exactly. And the other thing about this, and you know, at first I kind of bristled at the, the the throwaway line that he used kind of ingests that what happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep. But these are some secret handshaking motherfuckers, these guys. <laughs> he went to Yale where Skull and Bones is, you know, the... The, the secret society that George W. Bush was a part of and John Kerry was a part of, where they have to se- tell like, their, their most intimate sexual secrets and shit. So it's se- like
3: Scientology? In secret
0: ceremonies. Well, it's just like a fraternal order of rich fucks.
3: So Scientology.
0: Well, no, I don't think they believe in Xenu and, the, you know, the overlords I'm not saying the it is
3: Scientology. I'm saying it's like Scientology. No, it's like,
0: it's like uh, Mason, the Masons. It's more like that. Mm-hmm. There's not some weird <laughs> spiritual fucking belief system.
3: All right, cool. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm making a really strong comparison. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, Brett Kavanaugh. Don't is... just yeah
0: over my point. What? Don't don't just yeah and roll right over. Okay. There, I, I. I what I was saying was, is when he first said the thing, I thought, <laughs> eh, you know, that's kind of a throwaway line. He's smiling, but he is part of this kind of cabal of rich white people at the highest echelon socially in our country.
3: Yeah, I'm really glad that you were able to repeat wow. your point. Um, yeah, I I don't think it is a throwaway line, because why would That's that... That's prick shit, <laughs> That's prick shit. I know. I'll... I'll... I'll calm down. So why would they use that line? Chill. That is obviously <laughs> of me not being in control I got a of the million soundboard of them is by a problem. The way. I have a yeah, million I know you of do. Um, so the fact that they have a saying that is a play on what You're happens. You're just a woman with a small
2: brain, <laughs> with a brain a third the size of us.
3: What happens it's in science. Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Why do you have that saying? If you're not up to something, if there's not a running joke about what goes on at the parties, what goes on behind closed doors when the parents are out of town, uh, when you can lie about what's on your calendar because they're gone. Um,
0: Well, now we're finding out all kinds of other shit relative to his yearbook and the inscriptions and the things he wrote on his senior page that lend themselves to that kind of behavior. Mm hmm. The treating women like shit, Um, using them as like notches on their belt.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. We're going to get into all of that. But yeah, it's not good. Mm -hmm. It's not good, especially since they went into overdrive in the beginning, painting this guy as a fucking literal Boy Scout.
3: Yeah, there, there was a point in time where people were complaining that we knew more about his like... Minivan schedule picking up the little soccer team girls than we did about cases he's been involved in and opinions that he has. Um, And his time
0: with the George W. Bush administration where he was a political operative.
3: Yeah, he had all the little props sitting behind him. And if they could have brought in the minivan into the room to be on display, (laughs) I think they would have done that. But I don't think there was enough room. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dodge Caravan is a large vehicle. Yeah. (laughs) It wouldn't be able to fit it in there. Yeah. So thank you. We appreciate it very much. We appreciate everybody. Thank you for, for the, the communication, both written and, and verbal, through the emails and the voicemails. If you, too, would like to sound off, get your voice on the record, help us move the conversation forward, we'd encourage you to do so. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone. To, I doubt it. At Now, before we move on, we're going to do a little bit of follow up because today for you, Tuesday, September 25th, Tuesday, Tuesday is the day that Bill Cosby is going to be sentenced for the rape of Andrea Constance.
3: No, no, we don't answer that.
0: Got a chance to break that out. Um, this is a st- historic thing because he is the first celebrity to be actually prosecuted and sentenced in the Me Too movement. To so the man once considered one of America's most beloved celebrities, Bill Cosby, on what may be his last night of freedom, facing sentencing tomorrow for sexual assault and possibly years behind bars. Here's ABC's Lindsay Davis.
2: Tonight, the man once dubbed America's dad is one step closer to becoming the first celebrity sentenced in the Me Too era. Guilty. 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 On Monday, Bill Cosby will be back in a Pennsylvania courtroom for the first day of his sentencing hearing. Cosby was convicted in April of three felony counts for drugging and sexually assaulting Andrea Constand in his home in 2004. Cosby has insisted any sexual encounters with Constand and other accusers were consensual. But one of the 12 jurors who convicted him says there was one key piece of evidence that led to his stunning fall from um, grace.
6: I think it was his deposition, really admitted to giving these quaaludes to women, young
2: women. Cosby and Constand may come face to face again as she takes the stand to deliver her victim impact statement. It's not unthinkable that the judge could sentence him to jail time in order that he be turned over immediately to correctional officers at that hearing. Now his defense team will be desperately fighting to stop the court from designating the comedian a sexually violent predator. Lindsay Davis, ABC News, Pennsylvania.
3: So this is pretty important.
0: Long time
2: coming.
3: Yeah, and that was so long ago, the Bill Cosby stuff. It feels like forever I mean, I
0: had to dig for this. Yeah. No,
3: no, we don't answer that. I remember that was actually, I think, one of the first times that we pissed off listeners because we were talking about Bill Cosby so much that someone gave we us... A ba-
0: we have a bad review yeah, over Yeah, someone
3: it. gave us a negative review and said it was like the Bill Cosby show. But that was really it like... was like
0: uh, People Magazine or something or some celeb gossip magazine that we were doing.
3: Yeah, and, but that was really the initiation of this whole Me Too stuff. I yeah. mean, if you think back on taking down powerful men... Uh, Bill Cosby was widely respected.
0: Unbelievable. He's an icon.
3: And when this all came out, there was that initial initial reckoning, right? Where people were like, wait a minute, what do we do here? This is Bill Cosby.
0: the other thing is, like I see lots of conspiracy theories that this is a race-driven thing, but in depositions, in in civil lawsuits, he admitted, like that juror said, Mm -hmm. to drugging women with quaaludes... I mean, he admitted it.
3: Well, that's some. That's what I was um, like getting closer to as I was talking and uh, talking about our old episodes where we first started talking about this. We covered the depositions in depth and like old jokes that were kind of callbacks to things that he did in the past that were shady. Um, like the Spanish fly and all that. Yeah, yeah. So if you were interested in hearing those episodes that pissed everybody off because we were like People Magazine, you can just go to dolmore.com and search Bill Cosby and any of the episodes that are tagged with Bill Cosby will come up. And you can just have like a Bill Cosby day on the, the sentencing day. <laughs> That's right, yeah. If, if you would like to do that. Um, but yeah, I think it is important that people know the story of, of we, how we, this went down. We
0: did cover that because listen, Them calling him America's dad isn't something that was just made up after the fact. I grew up with this guy being America's goddamn dad. The Cosby Show was something that was a fixture in my television schedule as a kid. So uh, this is big. This is huge.
3: Yeah, it was one of those stories where a couple of women came out and some people were still trying to say... Yeah, we it's Bill Cosby. He, he hasn't been right. charged with anything. He hasn't There's been no found evidence. guilty. Right, and then the women just kept coming out. And it was similar to a Harvey Weinstein thing, where women just kept coming forward.
0: Similar to a Brett Kavanaugh thing. These aren't isolated incidents. I mean, it seems to me that if you're a guy who gets drunk at a party or drugs a chick... Or gets a little handsy with an intern. That you don't just do it once. That it's a it, its a—it's a pattern, a repeatable pattern of behavior. And as evidenced by all of these men that we see. That there's not one isolated incident hanging out there. It's many, 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 many women. Just like I predicted with Brett Kavanaugh. Now we see more and more have come out. Anyway, I'm not want to muddle the issues here. But look for that. We're going to talk about it again once we find out what his sentencing is. Um, justice has been served and I hope that some women who, who aren't a part of this particular conviction are taking some solace in the fact that he is facing justice.
3: Is saying justice is served a little too soon before the sentencing, before figuring out what actually is going to happen to him?
0: Uh, may- yeah, maybe, but still some justice. He's getting he's getting a consequence.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I, well, I mean, listen, he gets no jail time. This is a bomber for sure. Hmm. But I don't see that happening. I think that with all the arrogance that's put, been put on display, my prediction is he's going to get some jail time. And less confident about this, but I think that he'll end up dying in jail. Mm-hmm. He's an old fucking man. You know what I mean. Hmm. Um, and I have no, I have no issue with him expiring while behind bars because of the misery of the many, 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 many women who he terrorized throughout the years. So anyway, we'd love to know what you think again, six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can always email those voice memos from your smartphone
1: to I doubt it at dollamore.com.
3: Ryan upped his pledge. That is fantastic.
0: You know, we have a remarkable group of people who support us on Patreon. We do. Who give beautiful already humans selflessly give, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And then those that up their pledge when there's no, it's not something we advocate for. We welcome it. It's beautiful, and it's it makes it makes me emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just awesome. Yeah, we, we really we, we feel the love. We feel the support and know that every single dollar that's pledged and support in support of the show. Is a big deal to us.
3: Yeah, for sure. So thank you for that, Ryan. And everybody else that is supporting us on Patreon, we love you and appreciate yeah, for you. for sure. For sure. Uh, we just posted that Ask Me Anything episode.
0: Yes, it was a good time. Uh,
3: we asked for Patreon supporters to submit questions, and we got quite a few, and it turned into an almost two-hour-long Ask me anything episode, but it was a lot of fun. We finished it at 1 (laughs) a.m. It was pretty late and we were pretty tired, so it got pretty exciting. Um, But yeah, we had a really good time with that. So if you haven't listened to that, check your Patreon, uh, check your email, and you should have access to that.
0: And you can just listen to it right on the Patreon app.
3: Yeah, download the Patreon app. That's probably the easiest way. I checked
0: today, I listened, and you can actually. Listen to it and shut the app, and it continues to play. It's not like the YouTube app that when you close it, it stops. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like a podcast That's awesome. So uh, we would love for you to check that out. And if you're not a a Patreon supporter and you want to check that out, all you got to do is uh,
3: become part of the Patreon family. And those posts will be unlocked for you.
0: Yes. And the other way you can support the show, other than like rating and reviewing on the iTunes.
3: Sans profanity.
0: Yes, is is, uh, to bookmark dollamore.com slash Amazon. And then Mm -hmm. when you want to go make an Amazon purchase, you just click through and that'll bring you right over to Amazon. Make your purchase. No fuss, no muss. Every little bit goes a (laughs) long way. What? No fuss, no muss.
3: Yeah. You're just, you're selling it right now. I'm I'm full
0: of idioms.
3: Yeah. I love it.
0: Love the idioms.
3: Getting it done. Son. (laughs) I knew you were going to do something. I can tell when you're plotting at the board.
0: Solemn facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So as mentioned just a few minutes ago, Brett Kavanaugh is in a world of hurt. I don't believe he's going to be able to survive this next round of accusations that have come out because now it's beyond Christine Blasey Ford. Now we've got another lady and another lady and possibly a fourth accuser.
3: The third and fourth have not come forward with their names yet.
0: That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the, oh, the, yeah, that's right. Just a second. Right. Um, and the
3: third one um, is being represented by Michael Avenatti.
0: Which gives me less hope.
3: Yeah. Who is uh, kind of in a,
0: in, a, in a death spiral of fucking shame. As far as I'm concerned,
3: yeah, he's, I, he's just not
0: like the running for president and all the fucking. He's just a he's a carnival barker at this point. It seems
3: he's just not the most trustworthy figure.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, uh who is a trustworthy figure is Ronan Farrow, who is famed for the uh, pretty much creating the entire Me Too movement with his groundbreaking reporting on Harvey Weinstein,
3: along with Jane Mayer.
0: That's right, mm-hmm. and they are at the helm of this. And they got the scoop on this other thing related to Brett Kavanaugh. And here he is talking to George Stephanopoulos.
6: Ronan Farrow, who wrote the New Yorker story along with Jane Mayer, joins us now. Ronan, thanks for joining us this morning. I want to start off by putting Brett Kavanaugh's denial back up on the screen right now. The alleged event from 35 years ago did not happen. The people who knew me then said that this did not happen and have said so. This is a smear, plain and simple. That denial is blunt. It is unequivocal. Your response.
1: And obviously we include that in the New Yorker piece and gave him a very full and fair window for comment. And we include rebuttals and pushback at every point. Those rebuttals are significant. The White House has a huge megaphone on this. Uh, there is a coalition of former Yale students working with Brett Kavanaugh's office. A number of them uh, who signed on to a statement in this article pushing back against Ms. Ramirez's claim uh, are individuals she alleged to be participants in this attack on her, um, which Brett Kavanaugh's office seemed surprised by. Um, and we then redacted the names of those individuals at their request because they were alleged to be involved. Uh, the point I want to make here is this. It is not accurate to say that those who knew him at the time dispute this. We talked to a roommate from the, the time uh, that was living with him when this alleged incident took place who said he was, indeed, frequently drunk, uh, that he took part in activity that made him unsurprised by this claim. And that he found this woman credible. He's one of several people in this story who back Ms. Ramirez, but and we wouldn't have run this if we didn't have a careful basis of people who had heard at the time and found her credible.
6: But by your own admission, no eyewitnesses of the incident?
1: Absolutely, and we disclosed that up front, and we also disclosed that she was inebriated at the time. And I think the fact that she took several days to consider and really carefully make sure that she had an evidentiary basis for this and other people were backing her account who had heard at the time and been told, um, speaks well of her level of caution. Yeah, but this let, let is me, not let, the behavior of someone who is fabricating.
6: Let me press you on that, though, because mm. that sentence really did jump out at me when I read the mm-hmm. article. You, she says that after six, at first she wasn't sure this was Kavanaugh when you first came to her last week, and then you write after six days of carefully assessing her memories and consulting with her attorney, she did become confident that it was him. You know, a lot of people. Are George, I would say that
1: that's extremely typical of these stories when you're dealing with trauma, alcohol, many years in between. I think that the more cautious witnesses that I've dealt with in cases like this uh, very frequently say I want to take time to decide. I want to talk to other people involved. I want to search myself and make sure that I can affirmatively stand by these claims in the face of what she knew would be a crucible of partisan pushback, which is what she's receiving now.
6: Why did she come forward?
1: She came forward because Senate Democrats began looking at this claim. She did not flag this for those Democrats. This came to her, to the attention of people on the Hill independently, and it's really cornered her into an awkward position. That's why she took time to think about this carefully. You know, she said point blank, "I don't want to ruin anyone's life," uh, but she feels this is a serious claim. Um, you know, she considers her own memories credible. And she felt it was important that she tell her story before others did without her consent because so many people on the Hill were looking at the story.
6: You pointed out, the witnesses, the the, the students at the time who back up her story or back up their claims about Kavanaugh's Mm -hmm. behavior at the time, several others in the article uh, say that they never heard anything like this at all, even someone who professed to be her best friend at the time. At any moment as you were writing the story this close to the nomination, did you sort of want to push the pause button and say, are we sure this is the right thing to do?
1: George, I just want to stress very clearly, we take reporting of this type type extremely seriously. The evidentiary basis for this, the number of witnesses who were told at the time, is strong. Uh, It's in excess of what we typically see in this kind of uh, investigative reporting. The deal with sexual assault, uh, assault claims is very often that there aren't multiple people willing to say they witnessed it in the room. And the individuals who were most primary to this are people she alleged were egging Brett Kavanaugh on. And those are the ones who signed that statement that you talked about.
6: Yes, you know, Republicans are saying this is another Democratic hit job because it started out with Senate Democratic staffers. You write that the Republican staffers learned of this allegation last week. Uh, Last night, I spoke with a Senate GOP leadership aide quite late last night who said no one here or at the committee was told by the Senate Democrats about their ongoing efforts on this allegation. Are you confident the Republicans were told?
1: He may be accurate in that phrasing, that they weren't told about the ongoing activities as, uh, you know, moment to moment were happening on, in the Democratic side. Uh, they were indeed aware of an allegation and were concerned about it and reached out to us about
6: that. And, and you also write that some senators, upon learning that, wanted to rush the hearing?
1: We don't draw a causal link, you know, we're not inside those conversations in uh, the Republican senators' offices. Uh, All we say is that we heard that concern and then shortly after there was an effort to accelerate this process.
6: What does Deborah Ramirez want to happen next?
1: Deborah Ramirez and her attorney, um, who's a former DA who says she is as credible as any witness he's dealt with in 26 years of legal practice, want an FBI investigation. You know, she wants this to proceed carefully. That's why she took a lot of time to come forward and do so carefully. Um, She'd like that caution to continue. She wants to be fair to Brett Kavanaugh. In many statements, she said that to me.
6: Ronan Farrow, thanks very much.
1: Thank you.
3: So that clip was great, but it didn't necessarily get into what the specific allegations are. Right. And so I think it's important to cover that just a little bit.
1: It is.
0: I wanted this. I wanted him to speak because it's coming straight from Ronan Farrow, who is the source who is reporting on the source of this. So uh, it's not secondhand. You know Mm -hmm, what I mean? mm -hmm. It's right from him. But they didn't go into it, probably because it's morning TV. Mm -hmm. And the charges are salacious.
3: So Deborah Ramirez says that this happened when she and Brett Kavanaugh were freshmen at Yale and that she was invited by a friend to a dorm room party. She then um, got there and a small group of people wanted to play a drinking game together. And she remembers everyone sitting in a circle and people were picking who would drink. And she kept getting picked. And so she got drunk much faster than other people. Yeah. And at one point, she then remembers that a male student pointed a gag plastic penis in her direction. And then she says she remembers being on the floor a little bit later and being foggy and slurring her words. And and then another male student was standing by. She identified two of the men that were on, that were in the room uh, watching as this was happening, but um, the New Yorkers not naming them at her request. So, A third student then exposed himself, and she says, quote, I remember a penis being in front of my face. I knew that's not what I wanted, even in that state of mind. She recalled saying, quote, that's not a real penis, and then the other people in the room started laughing at her for being confused and taunting her and encouraging her to, quote, kiss it. Then she pushed the person away who was exposing himself, and she touched the penis in the process
0: yeah so somebody's taking their dick out of their pants shove it in their face Mm -hmm. which is going to force her to recoil and push away and touch the goddamn dick
3: and so she remembers Brett Kavanaugh standing to her right and laughing pulling up his pants so she says quote Brett was laughing I can still see his face and his hips coming forward like when you pull up your pants um, then somebody yelled down the hall. She says, Brett Kavanaugh just put his penis in Debbie's face. It was his full name. I don't think it was just Brett. And I remember hearing and being mortified that this was out there. Yeah. Um, she was raised a devout Catholic. And so she said, when this happened, she was very horrified because she, um, wasn't going to touch a penis until she was married.
0: Yeah. All the guilt that comes with it from the religious stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
3: so it was just that more, yeah, well, that much more significant when it happened because yeah, of that sure, as of well. Sure, of course. Yeah.
0: Well, the other thing about this is, and this isn't corroborating evidence, but his freshman roommate just gave a statement to the New York or the New York Times, one of the two, in which he described Brett Kavanaugh, a.k.a. Bart O. Kavanaugh, as a fucking freshman at Yale, that he was a drunken fool who, got, who was a meek and mild-mannered kind of a dude, it's instant asshole, just add alcohol, apparently. That he got aggressive and belligerent and incomprehensibly drunk.
3: Mm-hmm. Did you want me to read the statement? Oh,
0: you have it there. Yeah, yeah. I was Bre- I'm trying to remember it, so...
3: <laughs> I was Brett Kavanaugh's roommate at Yale University in the fall of 1983. We shared a two-bedroom unit in the basement of Lawrence Hall on the old campus. Despite our living conditions, Brett and I did not socialize beyond the first few days of freshman year. We talked at night, as freshmen, freshman roommates do, and I would see him as he returned from nights out with his friends. It is from this experience that I concluded that although Brett was normally reserved, he was a notable heavy drinker, even by the standards of the time, and that he became aggressive and belligerent when he was very drunk. I did not observe the specific incident in question, but I do remember Brett frequently drinking excessively and becoming incoherently drunk. I became close friends with Debbie Ramirez shortly after we both arrived at Yale, She stood out as being exceptionally honest with a trusting manner. As we got to know one another, I discovered that Debbie was very worried about fitting in. She felt that everyone at Yale was very rich, very smart, and very sophisticated, and that as a Puerto Rican woman from a less privileged background, she was an outsider. Her response was to try hard to make friends and get along. Based on my time with Debbie, I believe her to be unusually honest and straightforward, and I cannot imagine her making this up. Based on my time with Brett, I believe that he and his social circle were capable of the actions that Debbie described. I do not consider myself to be a political person and I have no agenda. I have shared this information with a small number of reporters who reached out to me directly because Debbie has a right to be heard and I believe her. I have been asked for more detail and additional stories, but this is all I am comfortable sharing. If I could contribute more firsthand information, I would, but I will not be granting any more interviews or answering any more questions at this time. And his name is James, R-O-C-H-E.
0: Roche, a roach. There we go. (laughs) So listen, it is not evidence of his guilt relative to this woman. But it is certainly a character, it aligns with the kind of guy we're hearing about, even from high school now. There are independent stories about how he was a, uh, a a heavy drinker, that his personality was different when he drank, as opposed to when he was just sober. You know, maybe it is one of those deals where he's Brett Kavanaugh, sober, but he turns into... Bart O'Kavanaugh when he gets some booze in him. Well,
3: and I hope this is part of the conversation that people are having because when women are raped at parties, the question is, well, you know, how much were you drinking? Were you drunk? And shouldn't we be like asking men to maybe keep themselves together so that they don't forget the terrible actions that they committed or so that they can like keep themselves under control if that's what happens when they get drunk? Um obviously it's unfortunate in a college environment where everyone is drinking excessively or many people are drinking excessively yeah. and so there's that peer pressure um and no one can approach you and say hey man i think that you might have like a drinking problem um but it sounds like some people around him felt that way
0: Yeah. Well listen so uh, that
3: that question his memory i'm i'm saying
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, and that's the other thing is if he's if he's such a heavy drinker, why is it that her memory is questioned because she was drinking, but his memory is not questioned at all? Right. When he's the drunkard, um, this train is going off the tracks with him. So much so that in a historic interview, in the middle of a confirmation process, he sat down with Martha McCallum from Fox News. To give an interview, because this, they're not, this they're, doesn't happen, and I don't know that ever has happened.
3: Yeah, they're not backing down, though. That's right. Uh, there was some slight feeling from you, Jesse. Um, I still have the feeling. I yeah, think he's done. that he would withdraw, and I mean, he is not acting like a guy who plans to withdraw.
0: Well, I don't think it's going to be just four women. I think there's probably going to be one, maybe two, possibly more come out and it's really going to force his hand and he's going to give the old for the sake of my family this has been very trying i'm going to withdraw but really it's look i i don't want all this shit coming out this is fucking terrible um but he did the interview with Martha McCallum which is it's just the whole thing just is bizarre Let's talk about this with my experts. I want to bring in Major Garrett, who's on loan uh, from CBS for us because uh, he's promoting his new book, Mr. Trump's uh, Wild Ride, uh, about covering the Trump presidency. Uh, Major, we just got some new sound from this exclusive interview that Brett Kavanaugh and his wife did uh, with Fox News. Let's roll that clip.
6: we look at each other and say, I'm out. This is enough. This just isn't worth it.
0: I'm not going to let false accusations drive us out of this process, and, um, you know, we're looking for a fair process where I can be heard and defend the, my integrity, my lifelong record, my lifelong record of promoting dignity and equality for women, starting with the, the women who knew me when I was 14 years old. I'm not going anywhere. Seem to be getting a little upset there. Uh, Major, your reaction? This is an odd tactic. It's kind of a pre battle to his own testimony before the Judiciary Committee. It gives those who support him cause for celebration that he's fighting back, quote-unquote. But those who are curious about his deportment, his demeanor, his orientation to these underlying questions are also going to have fodder that they can pick at and discuss. And it will change the atmospherics before this Thursday Judiciary Committee hearing. They were willing to risk changing the atmospherics to begin to get their pushback out there. And to do that by themselves as a nominated Supreme Court justice is... Unpre- we say this word a lot, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm always cautious about using it because sometimes we overuse it in our trade. But I've never seen this before. It is clearly unprecedented. No, we talked uh, with our Supreme Court reporter, uh, Joan Biskupic, who says that Clarence Thomas did a, a, an interview with People magazine after his confirmation yeah. hearing, after he was confirmed, but this is the first time we've ever seen anything like this. And to break norms like that is a big deal. What we haven't mentioned up to this point is that Christine Ford will be testifying before the Senate. On Thursday. On Thursday. Also a big deal. Not with him there in the room. This is a big deal. And when Republicans try to paint this as Democrats will do anything they can do to stop a deba dee ba Let me tell you. Neil Gorsuch got confirmed. Mm-hmm. You made that point today.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's not the evil Democrats can just do everything and stop everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Neil Gorsuch got confirmed.
3: Yeah, come on. I don't want to. I don't want to move on from this Fox News interview so soon, though, um, because it was a real good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Martha McCallum asked uh, Brett Kavanaugh about his virginity and she specifically (laughs) she specifically said quote never had sexual intercourse with anyone in high school Kavanaugh said correct Martha McCallum says and through what years in college since we're probing into your personal life here Brett Kavanaugh says many years after I'll leave it at that many years after so he's saying many years after college and he was still a virgin
0: just completely oblivious apparently
3: well, number 1, the the claims against him are not that he was um raping women, it was that he like attempted. Yeah. a rape. Yeah, Sh- shoving then, your dick in
0: someone's face isn't having sex.
3: Yeah. So the intercourse question is kind of irrelevant, but also how believable is it with all of the drunken madness that was occurring? That
0: he wasn't fucking. <laughs>
3: That's one way to put it.
0: No, that's the way to put um, it. What do you mean?
3: That that But
0: he wasn't having sexual intercourse with the ladies as he was intoxicated.
3: There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me push my glasses up.
3: Yeah. Who believes that?
0: I don't believe Does it. Does
3: anyone believe that? And then you have what's come out about his yearbook. Have you heard this?
0: Yes. This is this makes I mean, all of it's terrible, but this is like, what a fucking prick. The yearbook stuff. This
3: is his yearbook from Georgetown Prep. Uh, What happens at Georgetown Prep stays at Georgetown Prep. Mm -hmm. Forever memorialized in your senior yearbook bio, (laughs) apparently. Um, He wrote in his you know senior page this was always something that I knew this is one way I knew that I was poor I've wanted to like sit down and make a list of ways when I was a kid that I knew I was poor like I couldn't get fruit roll-ups at the freaking store um (laughs) I
0: (laughs) you know the fruit roll-up poor test
3: yeah yeah (laughs) but also um people would get like senior pages like their parents would buy a whole page in the yearbook dedicated to their senior picture and like a layout of their like to celebrate their child Or they would have,
0: like, their accomplishments and shit. Yeah, and then all the
3: kids that are living in poverty just, like, get their name mentioned in the back and there's no picture,
0: you know? They're in the table of contents. Yeah, sorry your parents
3: don't care, but... um,
0: (laughs) An indexed mention. So
3: I'm assuming it was one of these types of things that Brett Kavanaugh had. And in that, he wrote, um, quote, Renat alumnus.
0: Yeah. And apparently, Renat is a woman. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Well, that, that word... Um, appears 14 times in the Georgetown Prep uh, 1983 yearbook. Yeah. And it's in many individuals' pages uh, where they say this same phrase. So
0: her name is is an unusual name. I've never heard it before. But it, it's like saying, I'm a Britney alumnus. Mm-hmm. Where, so I, I, yeah, I fucked her. And 13 of his buddies also said her name. An alumnus in their yearbook.
3: And uh, according to the New York Times, two of Brett Kavanaugh's classmates say the mention of her name were part of the football players unsubstantiated boasting about their conquests. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, listen, all of this. I mean, this is this shouldn't be indictable for a high school kid because high school people are fucking terrible. But it speaks to the fact that are we going to buy that he's a virgin Many years into college when he's boasting about the conquest him and his buddies did with this one girl. Fuck that. This guy was an arrogant fucking piece of shit in high school. And I'm sure there's been some personal growth because everybody grows up.
3: Yeah, but why But can't... should he
0: be a, a Supreme Court justice? But also,
3: why can't he admit it?
0: Right. Well, because he won't get on the court.
3: Yeah. And this was a good... uh episode of the daily that I heard with uh, Caitlin Flanagan, who normally is not that wonderful. Um, and she writes for the Atlantic and she told the story of her attempted rape experience. Oh, I heard that one. And how her, um, attempted rapist apologized to her. And it was a really emotional daily episode. It was on the daily. And she said that, she thinks it makes a lot of difference when you go through these experiences and the men apologize because he came back to her like a couple of years later and approached her and was like in tears and apologized. And so the thing is with Brett Kavanaugh is like he's unable to or hasn't reconciled what he used to be like or what he used to do to people.
0: Or has minimized it in his mind over the decades.
3: And that's a problem. Yeah. Because there there should have been something where an educated person who overcomes what they used to be reaches out and says, I did the wrong thing and I just want to say... I'm like sorry, and I shouldn't have done that. I'm sober now, you know. Whatever, yeah. whatever it is, I'm not saying it can happen now. I'm, I'm saying he should have done this long ago. No, no,
0: I'm just saying that's that. that I don't. That, that doesn't strike me to be in his character. He's a piece of shit who, when he works for a Republican, battling against a Democrat, it's a okay to take a president down, to indict a president, to 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 uh, impeach a president. Now. That there's a Republican in office. Oh well, mm-mm, no, I was wrong then. No, absolutely not. Th- this guy doesn't have the the moral um, compass that is needed for the Supreme Court. He just doesn't. And the thing I just mentioned is it's just an extension of the kind of character he was in high school. Anyway.
3: Yeah, I think I think that's what I was trying to get at is that it is a an illustration of character. If you if you did change and you did try to make up for the terrible things that you've done, and the thing is now it's too late and he has um, if these allegations are true he never apologized he never tried to make things right and instead he's trying to gaslight everybody
0: if even only one of these things are true he's that guy who never apologized who grew up knowing the horrible things he did to women or did to a woman and didn't reach out and say "God, you know I was young, I was drunk, I had a problem, I fucked up, I'm so sorry. If I hurt you, I, I am just inexorably beside myself about what I did. He's a smart man, he's an educated man, he could find the words. I just don't think that he is a good man and hasn't done it. As always, we're going to continue to report on this. It's a tough time. It's an important listen, this is important. This is a an associate justice on the Supreme Court of a lifetime appointment. It's a big deal. And it should be this arduous. It should be this much of a problem to get onto the court. The Senate is not just a rubber stamp, especially for a position like the Supreme Court. All right. So the other thing we're not going to be able to get into is this Rod Rosenstein thing that now he's going to be meeting with. um, He's going to be meeting with Donald Trump on Thursday when Donald Trump gets back from New York City, being at the UN. Uh, It was reported that he verbally resigned. I believe is what they said that he had. He has had a conversation with with General Kelly, John Kelly. Um, We'll see.
3: And this is all in, in response to that New York Times article um, that, That's talk, right, that yeah. talked about how he wanted to wear a wire when he was talking to Donald Trump and um, talked about invoking the 25th Amendment.
0: Recruiting the cabinet members to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we, we, we don't know. It's up in the air whether he's going to quit or be fired. It sounds like Donald Trump is trying to play the presidential role right now. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't have all the facts. But he's just waiting for his fucking salivating for his moment to fire Rod Rosenstein. We will most certainly keep following this to let you know um, what develops here because this is, again, another deal where it gives Donald Trump a moment, an opportunity to not only discredit the Mueller probe, but also put someone in there who is going to be uh, adverse to the continuation of the investigation into... Uh, obstruction of justice and the the, the financial crimes mm-hmm. and conspiracy with the Vladimir Putin or the Kremlin.
3: Yeah, you have all the commentators trying to predict what would happen. A lot of people are saying, oh, well, I think Donald Trump will wait until after the midterms. Right,
0: <laughs> right.
3: Um, because he knows about the optics. Since when does Donald Trump care about optics? I mean, he's tweeting about false ac- acquisitions today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Not false allegations or false accusations. It's false acquisitions. False.
0: Well, listen, there's a big problem right now in the country, Brittany, with false acquisitions. Yeah.
3: So he doesn't care about optics and he isn't great with emotional regulation. So who knows how the conversation will go on Thursday or if he will think it's funny to fire him by tweet on Wednesday night, just as a little surprise, just as a little surprise treat for everybody. You know,
0: I laugh only because it's so fucking absurd it, that this is where we are. And then
3: we'll wait to see what Trump's lawyers will start demanding of the Mueller probe.
0: No good. No good.
3: Taking care of biz. Some Marines.
0: Some Marines.
3: Marines.
0: Marines from 8th and I Barracks, Washington, (laughs) D.C.
3: It's kind of a heartwarming story. It's a very heartwarming story.
0: We have a follow-up now on a fire that tore through a senior citizen's complex in Washington yesterday. Six residents were treated for minor injuries, but David Martin reports this could have been much worse were it not for a few good neighbors. The smoke went up from a senior living complex and the
3: Marines came running. These are our neighbors. They needed help. Uh, We had to act. The fire was about
6: 200 yards from their small outpost in downtown Washington. When they got there, a construction worker told them all they needed to know. He yelled to us, there's more people in there. And that's when the Marines decided we need to go get them.
5: I don't think there was really any thought to it. It was just saying we need to get these people out of here uh, before anything serious happens. And just that instincts kicked in to to go.
3: Did you have any firefighting equipment, any Breathing masks or anything? No, sir. There were firefighters there, of course, and residents of the neighborhood as well. But safe to say the Marines were the youngest and fittest, which mattered because some of the residents were trapped on the fourth floor.
0: It was a pretty bad fire, especially on the top floor. Um, there was some paralyzed, immobile people in there. We actually just picked people up as best we possibly could and then had the wheelchairs at the exit and then
2: put them right into the wheelchair or the litter. Um, right outside the building after we carried them down four flights.
6: All 190 residents got out alive with only six sent to the hospital.
3: Marines have a saying, no better friend, no worse enemy. In this firefight, they proved the best of friends. David Martin, CBS News
0: at the Marine Barracks Annex in Washington. Heartwarming story. I saw this this happened last week, and I saw a Twitter video. Mm Mm-hmm. Of like footage from like a low level just showing dudes dozens of men Mm -hmm. in in camis, in in, uh, camouflage utilities just running, 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 running down the road one after the other after the other.
3: To the fire. To
0: the fire. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is this is the kind of thing that when you have a positive thought about Marines that it's running toward danger. That you hear, and this is awesome, and I would expect nothing less. Again, it's not one of those things that they need to be applauded because uh, they better goddamn do that. Mm-hmm. There's an expectation, I believe, for this to happen. So, um, giving them credit, I guess we are kissing their ass a little bit, but you know, that's my prerogative. But staring <laughs> at me,
3: I'm not staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> A very worthy submission for Taking Care of Biz. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes I don't even know what to do. <laughs> anyway, we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. We say it every episode. I didn't give any really thought to the fact or, or talk to the fact that this is number 450. It's
3: crazy. It really is
0: getting out of control. Mm-hmm. We've done well over 500 episodes when you count bonus episodes. And yeah. uh
3: Just a lady and a dude. That's it.
0: Doing a show.
3: Not even special.
0: No specialness at all.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Just sitting around talking.
0: That's right. Mm. Good times, everybody.
3: That's why we're happy you joined the conversation, because otherwise it would just be us.
0: That's right. It's boring. 657-464-7609. That is how you do join the conversation. You can also email voice memos from your smartphone to I doubt it at com. We expect to hear from you. We look forward to hearing from you. So, until then, next time for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dolamore, and this has been I Doubt It. I'm so fixated on why that happened to Laura.
3: I know. What was the picture like? <laughs>